Let's begin now. You know, today, I just woke up, and I like said, this. you know, instead of waiting on a good day. Welcome to this week's episode of... Hey, I think we're good here. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jackson Metakekia. And I'm Matt West. And we're here getting to know the sport of volleyball through the life experiences our guests have to share with us. Come take a listen. This week's episode features all-time great Husky, Courtney Thompson. Courtney is a world champion, Olympic silver and bronze medalist, an NC2A national champion, and three-time first-team All-American. Here's her story. What's going on, nice. CT? Hey, good to see you. You too. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Courtney, how you doing? Good. good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This sounds like an awesome podcast. We're having fun with it. We're having fun with it. Trying to learn a little bit and have some fun doing it. Yeah. I feel honored to be a part of it. Ooh. That's what's up. Well, CT, thanks for coming on. We're so happy yeah. to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I I'm I can't wait. I don't know what's about to happen, but I like it. <laughs> so like the whole premise of the podcast is just essentially making elite volleyball players or elite athletes, coaches, whatever, just people, right? So it's just like what makes you you and what are these stories and experiences that you can share with yeah. a normal audience that's like, oh, this is why you are the way you are. Right. So instead of being like, what do you eat when you wake up? Mm -hmm. like, what time do you wake You know, stuff like that. And yeah. like tell, telling us about your regiment or whatever it is. It's like, what makes you, you? Oh, I like this combo. All yeah. right. So I'm excited to listen to the other ones. Yeah. So like you want it that we want everybody to feel like they could be just drinking beers and talking shop. I can do that. That's why I feel like every conversation we've ever had, Matt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the premise. And uh, yeah, we just, right. I mean, it all stems because, you know, Marv, obviously. Yeah. And so I would go up and talk to Marv for four hours every day, pretty much. And we just sit around and solve the world's problems. And I was like, why don't I just do that with everybody that has a nice story? Please do it. This is great. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan now. Thank you. Yeah. It means a lot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, just, uh, I guess, where did it all start? Like, how did you start playing? Especially being in Seattle or in Canada. I know, right? Yeah, so I, I grew up with two older brothers, and my family is, like, super into sports. So we did everything except volleyball. I had actually never seen a volleyball match when I got asked to try out for the team in sixth grade. So <laughs> my uh, a friend on my basketball team had older sisters that played and her dad started the first club like west side of the mountains in Washington. And she was like, hey, we come try out. I was like, yeah, it's a sport, right? Sure, I'll show up. And then I, I like called her back. I was like, dude, I don't know what to wear. Like, what do people wear to volleyball? And we went to, um, the next week she took me to the Green River Community College game. Okay. It's like, hey, this is the sport. And the funny thing is it got rained out because the roof was leaking. 
<laughs> so we saw like two points and then that didn't happen. And anyway, I never guessed I would uh, commit a life to volleyball. That's for sure. So was it just, man. Yeah. So then what was the hook? Like what was hook line sinker for you when it came to volleyball? Because when you first start, it's like, all right, I got to just serve it over. So it's that's just, not super you know, fun. No, it was the worst. It hurt. I wasn't good at it. It's not like you can play by yourself in the backyard. I was like, why? I don't get the hype here. And to be completely honest, it was my least favorite sport until we won state my sophomore year in high school. And I was like, oh, winning's fun. I could get behind this. And then, you know, they put me as a setter because I was a short one and I talked a lot. And, <laughs> and then, like, in high school, I was like, oh, you're kind of the quarterback. Like, I started to get a sense of the game a little yeah. bit. And I like um, – I both love and hate that one person can't really take over. Like in basketball or like I played baseball and softball and like if you have a great pitcher, you know, like stuff like that, can uh, one player can take over. In volleyball, you really need everyone. So I don't know. There, I, I come from a military background, so I think that thought of like it's not what you do, but what you get those around you to do, can they can be the most fun. And when you tap into that in volleyball – it's just like, okay, I don't know what just happened, but that was, like, amazing. You were a sophomore when you figured that – did you just figure that out on your own, too? Wait, which part? That it was a fun team game? Well, no, that, like, you could just – if I just tap into everybody, it's like we have a chance. Oh, I don't know if I thought of it that way, but I, I – you can, like – I don't know, in sports you can feel the magic of it, and I'm a huge nerd. Like, I would sit in my room at night when I was a kid and just imagining winning. And, like, I would read, like, I don't know, Bill Walsh had a book, like, on coaching. And, I, like, as a kid reading, like, Phil Jackson's Mind Gym. This is, like, fourth grade girl. Just like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I actually think I've been chasing that feeling in any sport. And it, uh, I just – our team was good. I got lucky. We had a good coach. We had great players. And uh, so I think I felt that feeling that I was chasing in volleyball early. Not really. <laughs> when did you stop playing all the other sports? College. Co oh, just yeah, so I tried to play. I tried to play softball in college, but my volleyball coach was like, "Yeah, no." I could see Jim not being a huge fan of that. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a he wasn't a big fan of that. I was like, "I could do it," and then um, I'm glad. It, I mean, it worked out. But I don't think. I feel like there's a lot of things that you don't think you can't do. You're like, I can do it. I can do it. Why not? It's a challenge. It's totally Thank worth you. it. Yeah, I'm wrong a lot, but I like it's more fun that way. Like, well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, right? You got to fail a little bit every once in a while. Oh. Amen. You can't hit jock pelt every time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I do feel like I hit the the jackpot that I hit was like a lot enough failure and also enough like, hey, you're pretty good at this. You know, like I had kind of a chip on my shoulder, but also things kind of tended to work out in the long run. For sure. So, like, when I look at the national team, I think it's hard for a lot of players that have been, like, just had success their whole career. And then they get there and they fail and they're like, wait, what? I've never done this before. Or I've never been told I'm not the best. And I was like, hey, I'm used to that. I'm good. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm just getting started. I do think that was my only advantage in the USA gym. Did, uh... So, what was, what was the recruiting process for you like? Like, like you said, you're small and all that. And yeah, you got a headband I got, uh, and you got a chip on your shoulder. Oh, and what's going man, on? Was, I thought it was so cool. My headband. It was the worst. Um, yeah, I I didn't get recruited super highly. Uh, like one Pac-10 school, Notre Dame wanted me to play libero. 
like Auburn randomly was recruiting me. So I got really lucky. I think Jim McLaughlin is one of the best teachers in the game that I've ever played for or in the world, I would argue, as far as like transparency and letting you know what you need to get good at and just understanding how to compete in the game. And for whatever reason, he came to Washington and he, uh, I don't know, he said he saw that I was competitive and he's like, I can teach you how to play. Luckily, because I was uh, pretty tragic in high school. <laughs> as far as like skills, I was competitive, I was fiery and I was w willing to work hard, but uh, I, he taught me so much about the game. That's actually a conversation that Jackson and I have had personally, and I've had with a lot of other coaches of like, if you had to pick two athletes to start your team with, would you pick somebody with all the skills in the world, but had like zero emotional intelligence? Or would you pick someone with all the emotional intelligence in the world and like very mediocre skills? And you can tell a lot about a coach's philosophy as soon as they answer that question. Cause a lot of coaches, that's probably 50, 50, but it makes sense as soon as they say it. And Jim would be the type of guy that's like, I'll take the mediocre skill, but like, she's just got all the intangibles. Yeah. That's it. I like that question. I'm going to steal that. If that's right. Uh, I mean, it like, uh, it just like identifies what you believe in as a coach. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and you see it a lot often. It's like, all right, that girl's six, six. And like, she has so much upside potential but she's right. a raging bitch, you know? It's like, well, I can't, right. right? It's like, well, how do I change that? Right. You can't. Like, you, you usually yeah. you come in, usually, like, the way you are personally, you kind of walk in the same way you come out. Yeah. And uh, that's also another fun question, I think. Like, can you train people to be gritty or to, like, how do you meet people where they are? And, you know, like, I found that to be challenging, but a cool, um, a lot of opportunities playing overseas. For sure. You just have people oh, with yeah. such different backgrounds and beliefs and desires and like everything, languages. And then you're like, okay, how do I get that person to come this way? Yeah, and, very uh, true. Or how do I, I like, get a whole team to change their philosophy of like winning is not everything. It's yeah. how we're winning. That's going to like yeah. end up getting us to a championship. Yeah, totally. I also think I like that question because it's like as a coach, what's most fun for you? Yeah. Like I like asking coaches, like, what do you, what do you? I mean, it's an obvious question. What do you really want for your athletes at the end of the year? And but for the coach too, like the most fun is I. And Marv says this a lot. It's like when we're growing, we're happy. When we're improving, it's like athletes are their best like, when they're getting better. Yeah, really. But. Yeah, but uh, so sorry to take away, but um, so then you go to the UW and what's your freshman year like when you're just getting pounded with yeah. motor learning? You guys, a total shit show. <laughs> I, there's this, uh, Jim tells this story pretty well, but there, we had a, um, Sonia Tomasovic, she's the coach at ASU now. She's a stud. Yeah. She's a junior when I got there and I was recruited to be a setter. And then we had a walk-on who was a right side who had never set. And, um, Actually, no, this one was Carl McGowan. And so we go to like a week of practice and Carl was watching and he stops and he comes over and like puts his arms around both of us. He's like, Jim, I don't know which one you recruited to be the setter. <laughs> like I was so just like, you guys, I was like so hyped up and nervous and just spastic and we were training a lot and like all these, they were asking me questions. Like I've never thought like that before. I was like, 
my head hurt. Actually, I remember physically being tired, but sitting down and be like, dude, I can't think this much in volleyball. And so the first two weeks were rough. And um, yeah, I think I just knew how to work hard. I didn't know how to work smart. I didn't know how to set well. <laughs> I didn't know how to lead well. Uh, but I was trying. My teammates knew I was fighting for them. But my freshman year uh, was rough. And I remember calling all of my teammates my junior year and apologizing for the first two years at UW. I was like, yo, I'm so sorry you had to hit my sets for two years like that. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but I appreciate your kindness, so. Oh, man. What, I, yeah. It couldn't have been that bad. It, I mean, it felt bad. There, well, I mean, it was fun. It was just like, uh, I just wasn't great then, or I wasn't good then. I wasn't good. And uh, uh, what I do appreciate about UW was like, learning was always the compass. And back to the question about a coach's philosophy, like Jim was like, just get better, just get better. Just, and the best coaches I've played for have a way of just always coming back to that process and yeah. calming you down when you need it, you know, when you need it. And then like, when you're hyped being like, okay, it's, it's maybe not that good. <laughs> Calm down, keep getting better, you know? Um, but I think learning how to learn was like uh, a big one for me, my freshman year. Man, especially, uh, yeah, sorry, go Jackson. Sorry. When did that kind of, when did you feel like you were a good learner? Like, can you go back to a time where it's like, Yes, I have this system dialed. You know what? Yeah, I think um, I didn't know it then, but I there was a point, and I'm sure this fluctuated the first few years. But we always, I always watch video with Jim on Monday. You know, you kind of watch the weekends get games back when we played in weekends, and there was this feeling of like I needed to protect myself. Like, I don't know, it feels good. That feels good, even though like you're watching video and you're like that doesn't feel good. And there was a shift, and I don't remember what year it was, but I remember walking up to video, being more excited to talk about what I wanted to get better at than pretending like I had it all together, which obviously the coach knows I did it. But that was a pretty big shift for me as a player. And I certainly reverted back to that, like protection uh, more in my career. And then on the USA team, it was hard too, because you're competing and also trying to be vulnerable with coaches so you can get better. But to me, I was always the most confident when I could say, hey, this is uncomfortable and I want to get better. Or I feel really weak here. Like, how do we, how do we figure this out? Um, yeah. Bottle that up and sell it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Easier said than done. I'm always like, okay, how would I help my players be in this? Because it's the quickest clip we can learn, but it's hard. It's also like, it's, it's a societal problem, right? Of like, being like ego and like here's my here's my big chest and this is where I stand this is who I am or whatever and yeah especially Jackson said this to me and I think it's hilarious like the smartest person in the world is 18 year old Jackson (laughs) Mochichia like they're really thought I was every 18 year old thinks they're they know everything it's the first time anybody's gone through these problems (laughs) (laughs) so true you know what I mean? So that's like hitting that stride in college is that is probably when people tap in and like get to the next level of their career is like if the faster you can do it, the better you're actually going to be, which you don't realize. You're just like, Oh, if I'm confident and like, I know what I'm doing, then I'm fine. And it's just not reality. Totally. And even uh, like all of those big lessons, it's like one that just keeps circling back. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought I had that figured out. And then you're like, oh, here it is again. But I, I actually just had this conversation with a friend about business. 
you know, like she was like, it's so interesting as an athlete, you're constantly looking for feedback because you, and like you're stressing yourself to get feedback. So you get better. She's like, it feels like more protective in business. Like it's less likely that someone would be like, Hey, I'm not good at this. Help me. And obviously that's a black and white statement, but I, I agree with you that it's, um, it's an uncommon, I think for people. It is interesting though. Like you see like gold medal square, it's a pretty, like a, a great example. And like, um, what's this art of coaching right it's all these older guys that are like very protected in who they are as people so they're like here's all my knowledge take it because they have nothing to hide because it's their knowledge and you can't take away who they are so they're like it's my brain that's creating all these thoughts so i'm just going to keep creating more the people that are really insecure about themselves and their ideas they're like oh no, no i can't tell you it's my secrets yeah i came up with this too yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah agreed yeah so agreed. i i remember talking to you when we were watching we were sitting down watching UW practice oh that was and, fun yeah and we were talking yeah. about like when do you when do you give the the keys of the franchise or the keys of the kingdom to an athlete that you feel is like worthy and i remember you telling me that jim gave you the keys probably about sophomore junior year and he was like i think you got this and can you just walk us through that because i thought that was like so great how you would you were pretty high strung and then he would he wouldn't tell you anything in in practice but after practice he was he was on you yeah so i was um yeah i was super i use this term lightly i wasn't like diagnosed ocd but i was pretty ocd and like (laughs) really into like all the things and kind of stressful but I loved it you know I wanted to eat well work out like numbers stats like all this stuff um but Jim actually um I got voted a captain as a freshman so and and I was the starting setter mostly because the setter in front of me left the year before so I was like kind of the only setter that came in so we were kind of in it together I'm like <laughs> hey there's not really a backup so we're I'm I'm in this with you and one of the things that I, I thought was uh, a game changer was that he was trying to help me be a better leader and being more vocal as a freshman. And uh, I was nervous to say the wrong thing or like, I've proven myself, do I, whatever. And one of the things he told me was like, hey, if you say something in the, to the team or in a huddle or whatever, I will always have your back in front of the team. And if I have an issue with it, I'll, I'll talk to you in my office after, but I want you to take risks here. And what I thought was cool is it was like, it's like any other skill, you know? And I always ask kids like, how many of you have ever been in a huddle? And you kind of have that feeling like, okay, something should be said, you know, like, it's like that quiet, like, okay, someone's got to step up here and you're looking around no one is. And you're like, maybe I should say this. And then you get up the courage and you say it. And like the second it comes out, you're like, oh shit, that was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> like that wasn't it, you know, or like either you offended someone or it's like, they're like, dude, calm down. Like you just missed the moment, you know? Yeah. And, I do think that if you're going to be a good leader, you have to have some of those. And I have botched many, uh, but that's part of learning. It's like, okay. And you're reading and you're finding your own voice. And, um, but I think it was a huge gift that Jim gave me was like, I'll have your back. And then we're in this together. And um, I can't think of a better feeling as for, from a coach or from a teammate. Like we want you to be like, go and um, leadership can be hard. And uh, you got to mess up, so. <laughs> it can also be really lonely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought, um, I think of that so much, actually. 
I thought that was a really, yeah, he's a stud. What's your favorite J-Mac story? Oh, my God. Off uh, the court and on the court. Off the court, it's been a while since I've told this, but, like, if you've ever talked to him, he's so, like, matter of fact, this is what, like, so in the moment. It's like he's talking about practice and the stats and we, hey, we got to side out at 67% and win a national title court. We got to do this court. So there's one day where we're just like in it at practice and like, I don't know, super heated. We're arguing we're you know, whatever. We come off the court and he's like giving me stats, giving me all this stuff. We got to do this. And then he, he had just had a daughter like two weeks ago, uh, Merritt, his third daughter. And so he like hits me on the arm. He goes, and when you become a mom, don't forget, you got to get an epidural. Just do it. You gotta get an epidural. <laughs> and it was like from Jim, it was just like so like what? But that's kind of how his mind works. He just like bing, 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 like all over. So I don't know if that's that funny, but it was one of my favorite moments from him. Probably funnier if you know him. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. What well, about his analogies on the court? too are pretty on point. Like what? I don't know. He'd be like yeah, I, I'm going to botch this. I don't know. He's a funny guy. <laughs> He's a funny guy. What? So, uh, aside from, like, experience and, like, physicality, mentality, like, all these things are, are growing, what do you feel like was the biggest change from your sophomore year to junior year in, like, in, in winning a national championship? Oh, that's a great question. Because there's always, like, it's a shift. It's never a big shift. It's just a shift. Yeah. Something well has said. to change, right? Spoken like someone that's been there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. No, but understanding that nuance, I think is like, uh, we were, oh man, it's hard to articulate. I think one thing that shifted was we were obsessed and like the compass was learning my junior year. And we are, our focus was on learning and getting better before that, but it was kind of like in the back of your mind, like, so we could win. Well, that was dumb. It's always so we can win. But there was something about the outcome that was like a pressure, kind of like a constriction, like, a, oh, my God, can you imagine if we made it to the Final Four? And so we made it to the Final Four my sophomore year. But if you looked at, like, the locker room beforehand, we were going bananas. We were, like, super hyped, like, screaming, like, whatever, which is not our norm. So it felt like, um, to me, a lower level – uh, athlete or a less experienced athlete is like, oh, I have to be better in this moment. I have to be bigger in this moment. And the better that m the teams I were on, I was that English, the better teams that I was on. And personally, when I was most confident, the feeling was just like that kind of silent nod of like, dude, we just got to do what we do. Like yeah. we have to, I've done this every single day. And my, um, so if you contrasted, like even the locker room before the final four, my sophomore year, junior year, the second one was dead silent. It was like our routines were on point. We just kind of all had that like little beat, that rhythm. That's like, yeah, that's what's up. Like, let's go. And when I ran out on the court, the only thing I was thinking was like, do what we do every day. Do what we do every day. And um, the other kind of circling back to the learning phase, when we won the national championship, I had the same feeling we did, I did when we won world champs as the USA team in 2014. Mm -hmm. Is it like you have this moment of like, you're just so stoked and it's like, whatever. And then once it all settles, I was like, we were all, my, the whole team was like, who's next? Dude, I want to play again. Like, who's next? Because we were obsessed with like testing ourselves. Yeah, and then that feeling of like overcoming. And um, 
so it, it was like never, oh, the next team of the Final Four. It was like, we just keep showing up, bring it. Like, who's next? That kind of, I don't know if that articulates it, but. No, that definitely articulates it. Yeah. It was so fun. I'm getting all fired up now. <laughs> I haven't thought play. about that for a minute. <laughs> um, and then was it just like, like in all honesty, was it just like roster changes that prevented you from getting it from going two in a row your senior year? Oh, yeah. We lost like um, seven seniors, I think, yeah. eight seniors. So if we're talking about maxing out potential – I remember that my senior year was hard for me in a fun way, but like just challenging in different ways. And uh, I remember at the end of it feeling like we exhausted every inch of talent and possibility and experience. And like, we did it. Uh, what, I would have to win, but. Yeah. What, well, I was going to ask, what was more rewarding as a leader, not as like a player and like ego wise as yeah. a leader, what was a more rewarding year? winning it with all those like eight seniors that are like ahead of you or exhausting yourself (laughs) just to get the most out of everybody else that's a fun question uh a little i want to say both but there is something special about my senior year of feeling like you yeah it was hard and like as far as the impact and effort and what it took to get there. I mean, as an athlete, that's just the best feeling. Like when you're done and you win and you're just like, you lay down for the first time, you're like, oh man, I left nothing else, you know? And I, it was probably a combo of that being a hard year and also just the accumulation of four years and being stoked about what I got to experience and the impact that I hopefully left. And it's pretty surreal, you know? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Especially so, so after a long four years, what what's your next step? Where do you go? After college, I uh, I thought I might be done, and then I got like a two thousand dollar contract to play in Puerto Rico. Keno Keno hooked it up. He's coaching at uh, Miami right now. I think I signed for like twelve grand. It was awesome. I was just so stoked to go down there and. Um, and then I, I played on the I played with for Jenny Ling Ping for like a year, and then I got cut when all the vets came back. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was really bad in that gym. And then Hugh got hired, and I think Jim called him and was like, "Hey, just give her a chance." So I can't. I got asked to come out for like a week. It was like, "Okay, if you can hang for a week, you can stay for another week. You can hang for this week. You can try for a month." You know. And I was like on that for the whole first summer and. Uh, a long time of not traveling on the U.S. team, and uh, then I was like, "Dude, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this thing. I'm gonna try to go to the Olympics. What's happening?" <laughs> so surreal. It's still just like, "What was that? My life?" When and it all comes from winning a state championship. That's right. Sophomore year in college. That's right. In uh, high school. Shout out Kent Lake. That's what's up. <laughs> oh my god, Kent Lake, baby. Um, <laughs> When you, like, because it's, like, it's easy to, actually, it might even be easier to be in the gym and just go week to week, because you're not, you're just thinking about, like, I got to make it to Friday. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? Because, like, when you're in there all summer, and, like, I'm sure you've had these moments where you're in July, and you're, like, oh, my God. Yeah. 
I've had, I've had some people ask me questions about the USA gym and kind of how it works. So you've been at all levels of the USA gym, it sounds like. Yeah. To someone who has no idea how it works, they just hear that someone's in the gym. Yeah. What does that mean? And what, how many athletes are going through there each summer? Yeah, that's a good question. So the quad is like the four-year cycle leading up to the Olympics. And so the first summer, there's probably like 100, 120. But you can come in for like three days or a week. So there's a lot of people cycling through, but they also cut people quickly. And then every summer, it kind of works down into, excuse me, the last summer leading up to the Olympics, probably about 35 to 45 uh, women that are the best in the country. And um, the interesting thing is they like, you get statted every day. So with the exception of warmups, even though they might do that too, every ball you touch is statted. And at the end of the day, you're ranked by position. And, and uh, whether you're seeing that every day or every week, like that's a huge part of who gets to compete. And then they say, hey, fun fact, we're gonna do this every day for four years. And the end of it, we're gonna take 12 of you to the Olympics, like ready, go. And so it's this weird, um, amazing uh, pressure cooker uh, environment where you're just being tested every single day. And what I think is interesting about that is one, seeing people fail that aren't used to it, but also um, the team dynamic. Like you're trying to create a team atmosphere and a culture that's like supportive of each other, but you're like fiercely competing with some of your best friends every day. So uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting uh, team to be a part of, you know? Yeah. And as a leader, how tough is it to connect with that many teammates? I mean, whether they're on a roster or not, I mean, you're working with them in the gym. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. And then to compound it, you play overseas for seven months out of the year. Yeah. And so you're coming from like these set of values and team culture and this, and then you go and like, you can't understand the coach You're in a foreign country, you're playing with people from all over. And so I think I, I learned a lot from completely messing a lot of that up, like a ton. Um, but you just get a lot of reps at it and there's constantly new people in the gym. So yeah, it is tough to connect. Um, and the best, I don't know what else there is, but to try to be present, <laughs> you know, and like, Hey, today, this is it. This is the reality, whether you're in the middle of Poland in January or like in California in July going, Oh my God, we have like three more months of this. And you're like, Hey, wait, come back. Like, I just got to side out. <laughs> I got to make one play. <laughs> I got to make, you know, be nice to one teammate right now, whatever that might be. Yeah. But how many it's a, I miss being tested like physically, mentally, emotionally like that every single day. It's so rare, yeah. you know, and, and it's collaborative and it's, I don't know. I, I do miss that part of it. And you're, how many years were you there in the gym? Eight years? 10. 10? Oh, this is it. Okay. In 10 years, because I, and I can attest to this, I've fallen victim to this of being like, I did all these things in college. Like, why haven't I got my chance? And like, I, how many people do you think in your 10 years have fallen victim to not just waiting for their moment? Like just kept working hard, pushing. And because yeah. a lot of it's just timing and then like taking the chance when you get it. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, so much of it's timing and who's willing to like sit in the shit yeah. for lack of a better term and to hang in there um, and to play the long game. I think, yeah, a lot. I don't know the number, but a lot. And I, there are setters that are a lot better than me coming out of college, you know? And so it's, you could argue a lot of different things, but um, 
I do think to be that gritty is challenging at that level. And, and the, you do have to, I mean, it's amazing. It's like the, the coolest thing ever as an athlete, but it's also a ton of sacrifice and a unique lifestyle. So that's all part of it. I will say though, the, the quickest route out was pointing fingers at why it wasn't fair. Yeah. Or why you didn't get your shot or why the coach didn't like you. Cause it, I mean, all of that stuff happens and it's every like, day. Yeah. And it was like the people that could just like either get pissed, but do something about it or say like, okay, I can't control it. I'm going to do this and play the long game or use it for, for fuel. But the, the second it's like, well, this, this is, and I, I've done it. I did it a lot and it always bit me in the butt. <laughs> it was like, I had to learn that lesson again. <laughs> I told Karchmutt, I don't even want to tell you some weak moments where I was complaining about stuff that later I was like, Karch, I can't believe I said that to you. He was like, I know. I thought the same. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, people think I'm mentally tough. What? No. Yeah. So it was like a very, uh, I don't know, circular, you know? When, so Jordan came on and she was telling us about like the different quads and now she's going into her third and how, obviously times change and you change and people change and culture changes. So she told us she was like that 2012 quad was brutal. And you guys were, she's one year younger. Uh, yeah. One or two. We were roommates when she first came. Oh, there you go. <laughs> back in the apartments. Yeah. We go way back. Oh man. Broadway arms. Broadway arms. Yeah. <laughs> two, baby. That's right. Oh, God. Oh, so man. what, in that first, because that quad has a ton of talent. Yeah. That's a really good team. But, like, mentally, what, like, what did you feel like you guys were lacking to, not even, just to put you over the top for, like, a match? And did you feel like you guys actually, because usually in those moments where, you're like, oh, we just needed that little extra, you felt it for the last four years. Yeah. And, like, can you just walk us through that? Like, what, I mean, what was the thoughts or feelings? Yeah. Or well, it was an interesting, <laughs> where to begin? <clears throat> it was an interesting culture when we were super talented. And so physically, we outmatched most teams. And so the way that I understand it now is like, if we, if we were doing well, which we did a lot, it was easy. But there was a lot that was not spoken. There was a lot of, like, relationships that weren't great. Um, there's a lot of competing at the expense of others. So like, screw you, I'm going to be better than you. And now all of a sudden we're on the same roster. So there's just this like weird tension, yeah. which can be helpful in some scenarios. So I'm not saying we should all be singing Kumbaya all the time, but in, in a negative way. So it wasn't like, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your ass so that one of us is the best in the world. And then if it's you, I'm in, like I'm celebrating. Yeah. It was like, I don't care about you. I'm going to be better than you. Watch me. And if I'm not today, I'm going to keep showing you. That's what it felt like. And uh, so with that, in my, in my mind, whenever we got pushed on the world stage, we had nothing to fall back to other than execution. And so if that was taken away, it was like, who are we? I don't know. Who's going to be that voice to lead? Um, and I wish I did it better. I have, I have some regrets about that, things I wish I did differently. But we just didn't have like that person or that, that, those kind of relationships. So a lot of eggshells. And... Um, and if we won, it was cool, but in a way it felt like relief. It's kind of like, whew, we made it, we did it. And I think that's an experience a lot of people can relate to, whether it's inner or as a team. Like we work so hard for something and then we're just like, thank God that's over. Okay, what's next? And we're in that cycle and it's like, we're missing. Like Marv is the best at this. <laughs> like 
he's like, I always remember at World Championships in 2014, we're like in this big moment. It's like 21-20. Sorry, this tangent, but it circles back to culture. You know, and like Alicia's setting and she comes off and I'm like, okay, hey, we're going to talk about who she's going to set next. And she's like, we're like in this combo and Marv just like grabs her shoulders and he's like, it's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> we were like, what? Like, who do we set? What are we, what are they doing? He's like, aren't we lucky to be here right now? How fun is this? Like, Wait, we got 10 seconds left, you know? <laughs> and, um, and why I say that is because that team, what shifted for us was we still wanted to be the best in the world, but we also wanted to have fun along the way. Yeah. Which is an athlete is like 98% of your time. So yeah, the quad, it wasn't great. It was, there's a lot of good in it, but it was, um, it was a pretty gnarly team. I, I felt stressed in London. What's it called? Stork said the same thing after they won in 88. He was like, it was just a relief because we were, they were yes. so good. Yeah. And they were such an expectation because they had won world champs, world cup, and now they're going into the Olympics. And I'm sure Karch was telling everybody how much they needed to win a gold medal. Sure. I'm sure. And he like, tells that story. But it felt like relief. And he's like, okay, we got to do something different. And yeah. he coached through that lens, that it, which I appreciated a lot. Yeah. So, he like. To have fun and also be great. So, then you have this, like, oh, God, it's got to be brutal. And then, like, to tack it on, you went to Poland the next year. Oh, dude. It was and a rough, rough yeah. patch. Yeah. Just walk. <laughs> yeah. That's had to be so brutal. Because you're in Austria and PR, like, the four yeah. years leading up to that, which is, which is pretty mellow. Puerto Rico. Yeah. We're chilling. Yeah. And that's then to a Poland. Good time. Yeah. The frozen tundra <laughs> of so then, boiled potatoes. And <laughs> yeah. And like sauce. Yeah. So much sauce. We were the worst team in the league. We had like a first year coach. They were like, hey, you've been in the Olympics. You're going to help us. And I was in a really bad place that year. That was a hard year for me. So walk, just walk us through it. Cause that's yeah. So this is a weird, actually, uh, to your point about expectations, I identified, looking back, as a young kid of, like, I was always uh, athletic and been given praise for, like, wow, she works hard, she loves competing, whatever, but I was never, like, the player that completely stood out, so it's yeah. kind of this good mix of being the underdog, but also being confident, and when I, so I, I just, when I was short as a volleyball player, so in college, I was like, oh, I'm, like, the underdog, I can't. I've never traveled the number one team. And then I made the Olympic team. Like that was my whole thing. And then something happened after the Olympics where it was like, oh, I'm the Olympian. Now I should be the best setter. I should be the one that never doubts themselves. I should be like all these things. Oh my, talk about a killer of joy and any sort of potential growth. I was just, it felt such like a struggle for me and it was no fun. And I was putting all this pressure and I wasn't playing well. And and then it was my first losing season ever in Poland. Like, it was just a, a, a mix. And a lot of it, too, was, like, I got to reach my dream. You know, outside of winning a gold medal, you get to play in, like, the one match you every volleyball player would probably want to be in. And it was kind of a gnarly experience. And it was like, wait, all of that's for this? And I don't mean that in a – I'm super grateful. And the whole – the Olympics were amazing. But – it did teach me kind of like you dictate your own experience in life. Even if you're yeah. set up for like the best one ever, you can blow it. So I, I don't often share that because I feel ungrateful and I'm, or it sounds ungrateful and I'm not. It just taught me a good lesson of like, you can have everything and be not that happy, you know, well, and you got to do some inner work for that. 
it's pretty interesting because earlier you were saying how you were just terrible your freshman and sophomore season and you're a first team all-american so like your perspective is totally your reality (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is weird i don't know it's a weird mix of yeah i would get i had some good outcomes but inside it was like okay i'm I'm not i'm not as good as them i'm not as good as you know it's pretty well yeah and then you have like a great outcome and nothing it's just interesting how like you become a national champion and you hit the pinnacle of your volleyball career as that moment as a junior. And then you go into your senior year. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make everybody better and like do my job the best I can. And then you win a silver medal and you become an Olympian. And, and then it shift. Cause usually that shift would, you would think would come like earlier because you're young and you don't really, maybe it's like being naive and you just didn't even know. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you have like, perspective and then you decide that you're like a big timer <laughs> yeah. I'm still looking for that one no. I yeah it was weird also the the like I'm I'm it's I'm curious about the there's a lot of research around like when you win a gold medal not that I have but you become there's like a high rate of depression or like self-discovery after or kind of like a low and I think some of that was like, I had reached something I always had on this pedestal. And then it's like, well, what's next? Obviously we didn't win, but just as like your own, you know, you know, you make all these sacrifices and you like do all this stuff. And then you question in a different way, like, hey, what is this actually for? Yeah. And for the eight months in Poland and actually the whole summer after, that's what I was working on. I was like, hey, why do I do this now? Cause it's not just to win, I want to win, but it's not just for that. Cause that can feel empty. And so that, for me, framed my next four years way differently. And our team did kind of the same, which was fun. What did that I think that's kind of That's kind of universal, though, because you see a lot of college athletes at whatever level. And when sports are done, it's like, who the hell am I? Oh, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I feel grateful that I did so. I mean, it's still challenging for me at times now. But I did so much of that work, fortunately, with – uh, with Karch and our team and Dr. Michael Gervais, who I work for now, and uh, a lot of a lot of that stuff, but articulating it is hard. Yeah. And and if you don't articulate it, it's hard to know, like to have a strong compass. You know, it's like saying, "Hey, go be you," which is fun when you feel good, and then you're like, "What the hell does that mean now that I'm nervous? <laughs> like, who am I? What do I do?" You know. Uh, so. That's literally what Marv says. He's like, uh, "Matt, be great," and you're like, "At what?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me more. Tell me more, Marv. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think everybody. I my first my first year abroad was the same thing, where you just sit there at like four in the morning, and you're like, "Who am I?" Oh my god. <laughs> Why am I in the middle of Finland signing out on a Tuesday in February? Yeah, like, I mean, you literally life? just look up at your ceiling, and you're like, "Oh my god." What am I, like, I'm missing out on all these things back home. Why the hell am I doing And it happens over and over again. It's not like it's just one year. It just gets kind of easier. And then you hit another divot, and then you go <laughs> back down, and, you know, and you just you kind of talk yourself off the ledge. And you're like, all right, it's worth it. Yeah, it's so true. You know what? It's funny. I have to remind myself that I did that in volleyball. Because I have this story in my head that it was like, Oh, but I had so much purpose. I was like fighting for the USA team and going to the Olympics. But and then I'm like, wait, I at least three times a year was like, is my life seriously siding out of volleyball? What am I doing? 
Because now I do that with work. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I'm like, oh, wait, this is just me. Okay, cool. That's fine. So then after that year in Poland, uh, I'm sure it's just, it has to be a relief to come back to the U.S., but also, like, how much, how long was the hangover of that, like, I guess, depression of, like, who am I? What is my purpose? That hangover in Poland, I was going to say literal or... But like going into that summer, literally how long, cause that, it's not like it just clicks. It takes time. I honestly, I love that you asked that. I don't think I got out of it to the end of that summer. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I, I went from like the underdog that like barely made the London team. And then that whole summer I was still in the like, I should be the best one. I should be the most confident. And all these young girls who were like me before they're like, screw it. I got no chance. I'm just going for it. Were like crushing me. I didn't travel at all that year to like the Pan Am games, which is like, at the time I was like, oh man, that's what I went to when I was a rookie, you know? <laughs> so it, w- it was rough. And then I thought I was gonna quit volleyball. I didn't play for like two months. Wow. I was at home, I was like, okay, I'm done. That's it, like feeling weird about stuff. And then I got a chance to play in Switzerland and uh, Robin Amal played there before. The only thing I knew was that she played there. I thought she was a badass, she was a badass. And I was like, I could be the starting setter where Robin played, like I'd never signed a big contract overseas at a good contract, I should say, for a team, a good team, not money. Uh, still waiting for that. But, but yeah, and I was like, oh man, that would be amazing. And then it like, it, it came back and I became the underdog again because the team was losing, their starting setter wasn't playing well and they brought me in. So it was kind of like back to what I do, like coming off the bench, helping people, just like, I was angry, I was fired up and, and then it, um, that really turned around. That's so interesting that the ebbs and flows of that, like, like we want to be outside our comfort zone and all that, but that is where you're comfortable. Like that gritty dog fighting kind of deal. Yeah, It sucks. <laughs> it's a tough way I, to live. Yeah. So that's, a, so it's funny about that. That took me a year. And then uh, the next year I played really well. We won world champs. So I had a pretty big role in it. Like I was playing a lot. And then the next year I got cut from the world cup team and I was devastated like I really thought you know whatever but Mike Gervais who's our performance like to your point Jackson was like I remember being in the gym crying I just found out I didn't make the team and I was angry and he was like he came over he's like I want to talk he's like tell me give it to me and I was like was like pissed and they started bawling and he's like are are you angry I was like yes he's like what else I was like I'm sad I'm this he goes what's happened before when you've been in this position I was like what He's like, what, what happened before when you get disappointed like this? I was like, I ended up making the team. He's like, and? He's like, and then I started playing better. He's like, and? He's like, and then we're going to win. And I was like, screw you. I was so mad at him. But I was like, damn it. He just miagged you hard. Yeah, he did. I know. He's like, so you're here. You're welcome for this life event. You know, I was like, god damn it. So, yeah, that is, that is part of it, though. Yeah. And the worst part is, is like when people – tell you like in five years you're gonna look back at this moment and just laugh i know <laughs> i know that's so infuriating to hear at the time yeah like this is the worst thing i know it's so hard <laughs> to keep perspective in those moments which is also what makes it uh if you care that much so you completely lose perspective but i think of um two conversations in my experience with tom uh, well i call him pesto you yeah, know? yeah retired. Congrats, Pesto. Yeah, I know. Congrats, Pesto, the man, the myth. I love that guy. And uh, 
a conversation with him and a conversation with Tom Black, both of which coached the teams at home when if you didn't make the travel roster, you would stay home and train, which is like just kind of a slap in the face if you don't have the right mentality. And so I was like pouting and I don't know. I think as a coach, you never know like the one thing you're going to say that clicks with someone or something they remember. But yeah. um, to me, they both helped me stay in it when I wanted to quit. And uh, yeah, a lot of people helping us at that point. Well, what'd they say? <laughs> yeah, sorry, this is a vague story. <laughs> I mean, just as Andrew, you said, like, like, this is all part of becoming great. And Pesto, I mean, he's always just so like fired up and positive and like, he understood, he's like in it with you. That's what it always felt like for me. He's like, and somehow like got me to laugh and then was like, hey, what do we gotta do? We gotta, we gotta get better here. Court, this is what you're about. You gotta keep fighting, you know? And then I think Tom, Tom Black has a great way of uh, holding perspective, you know? And I, I would get really emotional and small-minded and focus on this one thing. And he's like, dude, we're playing, this is a marathon. You gotta keep fighting and you gotta bring your gloves every day. And the minute, that was the analogy he used. He goes, especially you, you're not that tall. You're not that this. He's like, and we're really close so he could say these things. He's <laughs> like, you, you got a jab the entire time and you let your gloves down. You know, you did it. And I was like, damn it, you're right. He's that's like, you can't worst. afford that. You got to keep fighting. Like, All right. Uh, that's the worst me, when they're right. Let me punch you first and then I'll get on with it. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're both awesome. They're, yeah, they're both awesome. So then what, then going in to, like that first year of the quad of 2016, did you feel like an entire mental shift when like Karch was now the head coach and like he brought on his own staff and like some of those old players left? Like the girls that had been there before, were all of you kind of in the same boat of like, okay, we're not going to let that happen again. We got to change something. Yeah, it did feel like that. We had a, a little powwow the day after we lost the gold medal match in London with just kind of the girls that we knew would come back, like the younger. And we were like, dude, we got to, this, this got to be better, you know? And not to say, I mean, it, London was awesome. It was a great experience. Just as a team, we weren't super close. And, uh, and a lot of teams do well like that, but we wanted more. And Karch was leading the charge in that. So it was very, it was really clear. Like, hey, this is what our team's going to stand for. We want to be more resilient when things get tough. This is what we're going to be about. If you're not on board, we're not going to have you. And uh, we got a little soft the first year. Did Jordan tell you this? So we, we swung too far the other way where we were like, you're great. This is amazing. And then we're like, this, oh, God. We, like, we hate ourselves right now. Like, this is bad. Um, she said that you guys – I mean, that makes sense because you guys had a disaster of a summer leading into the world championships. Yeah. She was like – her, her and Kim Hill were both like, we were so bad. We were and everybody so was kind bad. of like, all right, shit, we got to figure it out. Yeah, everyone's like, Karch didn't do the right thing. The players aren't whatever. Like, But we were just – I think we just overcompensated the other way. And then we realized, okay, this is a better balance. But we kind of built this foundation of trust and resilience and, like, learned some skills on, like, how to stay together when things got tough because before we just all isolated. And so that got largely in place, but we didn't play well. And then all of a sudden, like, the stars aligned. And we were edgy. We were competitive. We didn't give a shit about things we couldn't control. We were just like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to show up. Sorry, I swear when I get excited. All good. But it was like, uh, it was so, it was the most fun tournament I've ever had in my life. World Championships in 2014. 
we were all just like present. It was fun. It was edgy. We were like talking crap in practice every day. It was great. I miss it. I miss that. <laughs> that I miss great. people are always like, what do you miss? I'm like, I don't miss volleyball. I do miss talking crap to my teammates in a fun way. Yeah. Getting the most out of them. Yeah, that's right. So then did that continue on for the next two years going into the Olympics? Like going into Rio? Or did you feel like, I mean, obviously there's going to be dips. There's going to be peaks and valleys. Yeah. And but We did well. Um, yeah, as a team, I think we, well, I don't know, we kind of rode that maybe a little bit too long. And they were like, okay, we got we to gotta keep grinding here. Um, I got cut from the World Cup team, so that was a huge bummer. We did well. I think we won bronze, so we were in it, you know. Yeah. It was close. And then, yeah, in Rio, we had a lot of, I don't know, I think we did all the right stuff, you know, similar to World Champs. I will say we didn't quite have the same, like, vibe exactly as World Champs. I don't know why. A little bit different personnel. And then, but we still were in it. We were having fun. We were grinding. And we just didn't make play, plays at the end, you know. And then there you are, losing 15-13. <laughs> oh, man, that was a bummer. So I have a question for you. We don't have – we can put this on or not. But I, okay. this is – yeah, this could Free be between feet. the three of us or not. It doesn't matter. Okay. But how, like – and I love Carly and I love Leash and I, I like all three of you a lot. Huh. How pissed were you when you were like, we're taking three? Yeah. It was a weird, you can include this. Um, it was a weird feeling because Karch in the in our conversation, and the summer had been tough for me because he was like, you might play this, you might play this. I mean, I was like a serving sub DS yeah. playing left back. But uh, yeah, it was a weird moment because he was like, congratulations, we're taking you to the Olympics, which as an athlete is like the best thing ever. And then in the next breath, he said, but there's two things. You're going to change positions and you might not play the entire time. And he's like, I love you. I, we want you there. Our team needs you there, but I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> he's like, I, I can't prove this to you. I just know we're tougher with you. So in one sense, it was like the ultimate compliment. And, but the competitor in me was like, dude, I've been training 20 years to set, and I'm playing better than I ever have. And, and I'm not going to get a chance to get out there. I was like, dang, it was a, uh, it was hard. It was amazing and also hard. And I had to really get my mind right a few times to like bring the energy and the connection when you're not out there playing and, or, you know, so. Did you. Did your question. Like, I was pissed, but also grateful. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Did you like change? Cause obviously like now your role has altered a lot. Yeah. You only have like a month to figure it out. Yeah. But well, did you almost go from like player to assistant like I am now essentially going to be like a manager for this team because it's like I know yeah. you two are going to play and I know my job is to serve and like dig a ball when I can but like were you like yeah. I need to help those two as much as possible now because yeah. you're the guys yeah yeah it, it was weird um my brother at the time uh, was a Navy special operator. So he's, when I think of like mentally tough, the ultimate. And I remember calling him one day after practice, like, dude, there's some days that I'm on, I'm like in it and I'm just stoked. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing me on the sideline at practice. And there's other days that all I can think about is like, I should be doing that. I could do that better. I could do that better, you know? <laughs> and I told the same to Karch. 
I was like, I'm, I'm going to be ready to play no matter what, because I knew like mentally I had to be in that space to go and like feel good about it. So I was preparing in that way, but then having this human experience of like kind of being pissed and my brother, I think he was overseas at the time was like, Courtney, I hear you. I'm sorry. You're not going to get to play, but anytime you waste a thought on that shame on you, <laughs> he was just straight up like shame on you. He was like, just let it like get over it. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's good feedback. Yeah. <laughs> let me uh, take that to heart. And so that was it. It was like, it would pop up and I'd be feel like human and angry. But the one thing that Karch said, and I, I admire him a lot for this was like, he's like, Court, if you weren't pissed that you weren't playing, you wouldn't be who you are. And we need your fire. We need you here. Like own that and then use it for something good. And uh, he allowed me to have that. And he allowed me to like share with him. He's like, if you ever need to like vent or you want to talk about it or whatever, we're in this, you know? So I did feel a little bit like a manager in some ways. Uh, I got to play more than I thought I would, even though it was left back. I passed my first free ball in the Olympics. That was kind of fun. <laughs> I was like, as it was happening, I was like, this is weird. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was unique and weird, but I'm, I'm so grateful. I was talking, uh, oh, I was talking to Annie Drews and Kim Hill about this because they're, they're talking about the Olympics and what, what's going to happen next. And is there going to be one? And they were also, and they were all three, Jordan, Kim, and I talked to Annie off the air and they were like, it's a blessing that we get one more year. It is a blessing because we need one more year to fix some stuff. And for the men, it's a blessing too, because Sander needs to get healthy. You know, it's all these yeah. things. For some people, the stars just aligned a year later. Yes. So I proposed this idea, and I think you fit. Make a comeback. Huh? For you to make a comeback. <laughs> I thought of you the whole time I had this idea. Oh, okay. And I said, if I was a coach and I had to make a cut, I would give everybody a piece of paper and say, write the twelve names that you think should go on this roster, because there's going to be one name on there that you thought would nobody would ever put. <laughs> And I was like, and that's your Courtney Thompson. That's like, so true. <laughs> of like on raw talent, maybe she doesn't make it. Maybe not. She's got every intangible you could ever want that creates a culture on your team. And everybody on the team is like, we have to take that kid. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. So thanks. Just because I'm from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Either way. It's a. Uh, but it is interesting how much can change in a year, though. A ton. It's it's crazy, and I love that they all have that mentality. Because what else at this point? Yeah, they're just like we accept it, and we're gonna take it, and we're gonna use it. Yeah. So. Oh man, guys, this is fun. <laughs> we gotta hang out more often. I'll ask you, you like questions next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Court. I I think we're good here. You nailed it. Sweet. Well, thank you. Crushed it. Thanks thank for letting you. me blab away. Uh, I like what you guys are doing. I'm gonna. I haven't heard your podcast. I'm gonna go geek out on it now. Yeah, enjoy. I hope you enjoy it and uh, give us the feedback. We're all in. Yeah. Right. We gotta. Yeah. We gotta figure out how to get better too. Yeah. All right. Well, let me think on it. But this was. This felt easy. I like your.